So usually how I like to start these conversations is, is talk about the journey. You know, it's, it's usually fun to hear the origin stories and, and hear the idea of a, of a company even get started. And, and yours is, is pretty funny, right? And then I feel like the first person you went to after you kind of had the idea is really important and funny too. And so let, let's talk about 2017. I believe you just moved back to Portugal and yeah. you're kind of chilling, chilling with the guys, having a good night. And then kind of what happens? What happens from there? How does the idea happen? That was an epic night. I mean, it was nothing to do with an epic night. It just became one randomly. <laughs> uh, we were all uh, we were all a bit drunk. We we're all smoking up, and uh, we were in that stage of the night where nothing productive would uh, come sure. up. Yes. <laughs> uh, until uh, until one of my friends came up with the idea of making a of making a shoe for smoking. Mm -hmm. It was the hilarious, uh, most funny idea ever. Uh, we were like, yeah, this guy, is, is, he smoked too much. <laughs> yes, yes. But then, uh, but then I was like, actually, I've seen wallets and uh, bags made of hemp. I mm -hmm. mean, uh, why not trying a shoe? So uh, everyone was like, yeah, maybe, yeah, maybe. And I was like, actually, I was really into the idea. So I uh, next day, I came up to... Uh, the most the most unlikely person ever which was my grandmother <laughs> <laughs> and people are like what my grandmother yes actually that's um, the thing she has over 50 years experience in textiles so she knows a lot she knows what what is the best way to make things she i mean she literally knows her, her space so um, eventually i mean not eventually she she wanted to throw me out of the house because sure. I was like, grandma, I want to make a shoe out of cannabis. And uh, she didn't think it was too funny. So, yes. yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah, a little bit complicated. I mean, she, like most people out there, she doesn't understand uh, what is cannabis. I mean, cannabis is a drug. It's, that's what people think. It's going to kill everyone. It's right. it's, uh, it's like devil. The, the reality is, is it's not. There is uh, the part of the plant that has been uh, criminalized for all these years, but there is also uh, many good things about the plant that have been completely obliviated all these years. And one of them is the fact that it's super strong, mm -hmm. super durable, and super ecological. So when I ordered some sample fabric uh, for uh, to do the first prototypes. She actually realized, oh, actually, this is uh, this is pretty good fabric. And I told I told you, <laughs> this is not a drug. It's not like, what do you think? And she was uh, from that moment on, she she was like, OK, maybe this guy is right. <laughs> maybe maybe it's a uh, it's a good idea to make a shoe out of cannabis, out of hemp, which is actually the, the sub part of cannabis. From that moment on, we we started uh, buying hemp from all over the world from China to Nepal, India, Romania, uh, Canada, France, the Netherlands, Portugal. I think we also bought from Pakistan. We basically bought from everyone, South yeah. Africa as well. We bought from everyone. We're like, we gotta have the best one. From that moment, we were like, okay, prototyping, prototyping, prototyping. It took us a long time to get things done. Amazing. So real quick, what is, you see, we, we mentioned hemp and cannabis, right? It's the same plant, but hemp is something that is extracted from the plant. Is that is it is that the idea? It's not the it's not the the halluc like the cannabinoid part, right? The the stuff that yeah. gets you. Yeah. The most people know that part, right? The 
people smoke yeah. that yeah exactly so uh the big difference is when you 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 have many subtypes of uh the plant ours is hemp comes it's a industrial hemp is a sativa sub branch what we any i mean the plant has been optimized to grow uh in height not to uh not not to get the flowers so the same way a cow is is bred to for milk or for mm. meat uh this plant is 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 i would not say breath but it's like optimized to like gotcha. uh, to grow in height because the fiber is actually extracted from the trunk mm. so um uh, it grows outdoors and uh they they wanted to go as tall as possible so some some plants even go as tall as three meters high and then we basically there is a machine that cuts down all these all these uh trees all these like plants and it leaves it on the floor to kind of uh like to mature the not to mature but like to dry up basically it leaves it on the ground for like two or three weeks to get the fiber ready and then they take the fiber they peel it off from the trunk and then they make uh, you get what it's called a hemp fiber which is then used to make the threads the fabric and then the shoes when we compare it to other like textiles or materials yeah what makes it superior right when we compare it to other maybe materials that people people know of you know but this seems to be much more like you said ecological sustainable longer lasting you know tough and durable waterproof yeah. is is a big one that you know the sneakers a big selling point for the sneakers like yeah were were you surprised did you know at did you know when you first started that the material was so sort of diverse and quite superior to to other materials that we we sort of know of uh, to be honest i didn't it was the more i dug into the subject that i realized that i was stopping into something big mm-hmm. um it was completely out of my mind that hemp was uh, such a good material so when i when i first start ordering the samples I realized that okay it's actually pretty good but I didn't realize that uh, it was actually I thought it was the fabric or the way it was woven uh, I was I didn't realize it was the actually the fiber itself because you know at that point I was I knew nothing about fiber and fabric and I was completely ignorant so uh, my grandma explained me some of uh, these things and then I decided to look further into it of course when I look further I look at the history of the plant I realized that it had huge appliances in the past and then uh it has also super uh, so it all started when I found out that hemp was made uh, was used to made Henry Ford's car uh hmm. one of the first uh, and I was like really can hemp really do this and then uh, I realized that hemp was not only uh was not only used to make that car that car was actually much stronger than steel and there is you mean, you mean make it made like that like the seats of the car like the outer parts of it you're saying no the outer parts oh, there is wow. a video on our instagram where he actually has a there's Henry Ford presenting his hemp car in like some uh, convention uh, huh. and then he's like uh, showing off his car and then he, he bring a guy with an axe and the guy with an axe is hitting the car and the car wouldn't bend it is like it was crazy. I was like, "Wow!" <laughs> it's uh, so we need. So if, if Elon's listening, we need we need a hemp Tesla, right? You're saying we can make a hemp Tesla? Definitely. <laughs> But there's one problem with hemp right now. Uh, it's very expensive. That's uh, <laughs> gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. Limited yeah, edition exactly. run. Yeah, yeah. It is yeah. expensive because why? Just there's just not a lot of it right now. Just supply and demand. Exactly, exactly. That's the problem. Um, 
I mean, steel is aluminium is still very cheap, and uh, hemp is not. Uh, so that that makes it very complicated to 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 apply in cars. I mean, it's a huge quantity of uh, hemp to be used in a car. <laughs> so that would make it much harder. Than, even if <laughs> even if yeah. price would not be a problem, there's still uh, another problem, which is the lack of supply. Mm-hmm. So. It's the same problem. It's kind of the same problem. And that's uh, because it's still, there's still some legality hurdles facing the growth of it around the world. Actually, industrial hemp, one thing that Trump did very, and then that everyone was happy was completely legalize industrial hemp. Uh, So it's, it's, everyone can grow it. I mean, there's a few more technicalities in each state, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not fully like uh, informed on this, but uh, but you can definitely you can definitely plant it. There's no, it's 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 not a big thing. Uh, but you said you said you got it. You know, the samples you got from all over the world, right? So that's still those places just still have very limited supplies of hemp. They're not growing. They're not growing it at mass scale. So it's still expensive because they're just there's not the demand for it quite yet. Yeah, uh, there's, it's both a, uh, it's both a supply and a demand problem. The thing is, even if there is enough supply of hemp, there's still and one thing that we noticed um, in the market is there's a bigger lack of people that are transforming the hemp into other things. Gotcha. So uh, so there are already a lot of people approaching us saying, "Hey, we make hemp, we make hemp," and I was like, "Okay, but we don't process the hemp. We need someone to do it." And there's no, there's very few people doing this. Gotcha. And there's even less people doing this with quality. So you see what's the struggle here. It's not yeah. just making hemp. It's like creating a whole ecosystem around the fiber mm-hmm. that allows it to be to be used for, for in the industry. So let's talk about early on when you first launched, because I remember you guys sold out pretty quickly. Was that through, was it through Kickstarter? I, I forget yeah. what platform was. Yeah, yeah. And it was under the name Dope Kicks. Um, That's correct. The whole thing. And so that was the, the old name and there's just been a rebrand and we'll talk about that, but talk about the first, you know, launch and, and pretty much like selling out very, very quickly. Were you expecting that? Was that a wild ride a little bit? Cause I remember it got some, it got some pretty good press. And I mean, it, it, it sold out rather quickly. You're, you hit your raise on, on Kickstarter. So, so talk about that journey. We did sell out immediately after Kickstarter. <laughs> that's, that's what I, we sold out in like one month and a half. Yeah, I mean, we launched on Kickstarter on the 21st of May, 2019. Special day for me and my grandmother. Yeah. <laughs> and the team, of course. We were like, uh, uh, let's let's launch it. Like, lots of months to, prep, to prepare the shoes. Suddenly, yeah, let's launch it today. I mean, of course, we didn't make the decision on the day, right? We, we decided to launch it on the 21st. And it was crazy, man. Um, immediately the first day, we raised like 10K. Yeah, and then we were like, "Whoa, <laughs> <laughs> this is going crazy!" <laughs> and then uh, more and more and more, and we ended up raising 250k. Wow! On Kickstarter, amazing. And then we we stopped. We went back to the factory. We bought hemp. We bought the. We started making the shoes. We made uh, extra shoes and say, "Let's launch it on a website now." And then we launched it on like December, January, January 2020, and suddenly in February we were out of shoes. <laughs> and how many so pairs was, how many pairs was that 2500 okay okay that's a lot and then we we sold another 1000 i believe on uh, on our website immediately mm-hmm. after launch 
uh, and they also flew pretty quick. So yeah, we had to make more, but that's where the problems began because yeah. of the virus. So let's talk about talk about that because then you, you're living pretty good. Like you're, you're you're feeling really good, right? Like you're you're making something yeah, that people people want. Yeah, and then all of a sudden, obviously, bam, the whole world stops. Talk about that ride that you took maybe the last let's say year, right? When when you know, so the virus takes over and then production completely stops, correct? Or is there, yeah. it stops, Not it goes back up, it stops, it goes back up. How does that, how has the last year been? Yeah, the last year was intense. It was really, really complicated. Uh, so we were top of our wave and going crazy. The sky was bright and <laughs> <laughs> every day was sunny. <laughs> suddenly <laughs> thunderstorm like uh we i mean we start seeing some some problems in the horizon but everyone was like ah it's okay we're never gonna hit this is like a small flu uh we got so many already never thought this was gonna affect us right so then suddenly i mean in the shoe business you all you need is one component to stop being manufactured and you have to stop manufacturing i mean if you don't have the eyelets if you don't have the the shoelaces, if you don't have the soles, if you don't have the insoles, it, you only need one component left, bam, that's it. You can always try to find new manufacturers for that same component, which it, we did, but at that point, it was impossible. So suddenly, we're like January, February, things were selling pretty fast, uh, but then March was, we already like ordering materials, but uh, March, we were like, okay, we better get this done quick, but uh, it was it was not quick enough. No one could make it quick enough, and uh, suddenly components didn't get manufactured in time, and we simply couldn't make any shoes for six months. Wow. Uh, we didn't make any shoes from January until July. Yeah, uh, seven months. Wow. So we were like, uh, we gotta do. Something. Did, did you start making masks at that point? Is that when you started? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we got that's that's what I'm, I was about to say. Me, we were like, we we gotta find alternatives because right. everyone in the shoe business in Portugal was like, no, we're not gonna make any more shoes. We're gonna make masks because that's that's what the money is right now. Right. And we were like, no, but what about that's not your core? You gotta make what you're good at. I mean, but yeah, but no one was. It's understandable, but at the same time, it's like these people gotta. I mean, people were at home. They they no one was manufacturing anything. Uh, so suddenly everyone was, was uh, all these factories were kind of slowly opening up and making masks instead of shoes. And we kind of start doing the same thing. Uh, so me and my grandmother, we were like in our workshop making masks. We made 200 masks. We donated them all. We never thought we we're going to make money out of hemp masks. But then people start posting pictures online and, we're, and everyone start asking us for masks. And we we're like, Oh, but we're just making this for giving away. We're trying to do our share to finish this pandemic. Uh, and everyone was like, no, but we want to buy them. And we're like, all right. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> right. So we continue donation, the dona our donation program. And at the same time, we start making masks for, for selling. And suddenly we made 100 masks for selling, 200, 500, 1,000, 2,000, 3,000, 4,000. Wow. <laughs> Suddenly, before we realized, we were like selling thousands of masks. Wow! And, and then we 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 sending them to the U.S., selling them in Portugal, 
and there was a, po a point where we were like selling more masks than shoes. I mean, sure. shoes we were pretty much selling anything, but even when we would like start selling shoes, we were still selling a lot mask, a lot of masks. Uh, so it was crazy. It was then that we realized, okay, uh, at that stage we also okay, production in Portugal was still very complicated. Uh, we were selling a lot of masks, and then we we realized we gotta move production of of the shoes. Yeah. We kind of started, our, I, I was in China, went to China earlier that year to already find alternatives. We were like, we got to do something because masks, you know, it's nice, but it's it's going to be a, a limited uh, game, right? It's yep. going to be a temporary thing, right? Uh, we moved to, I was, I was in China trying to find suppliers to get me some shoes done uh, because we already got a lot of our hemp from there. So why not just making the full shoe there? So we start doing that and uh, making the shoes in a, in a really good factory in China that we found. Was that hard uh, to find? Yeah, it was. It was pretty hard to find. But then we got a, a hint from a, an advisor that says, Bernard, if you're doing hemp shoes, you got to talk with this guy. I was just like not expecting to find much. But then I, I went to their factory. It looked like an app, a lab. It was, uh, they had really top-notch uh, machinery. And they make, uh, they already make a lot of shoes for exporting, like really good quality stuff. And I was like, okay, let's let's work with these people because they really know the game. And uh, that's pretty much we just like fighting for survival. Yeah, yeah. And is this uh, is this when you is this still all under the Dope Kicks brand, or when did you change it to to Eight Thousand Kicks? And and talk a little bit about the. The name change, why you did it, and the new name, I think, has a, has a really cool meaning. So, so talk a little bit yeah. about that as well. Yeah, so <laughs> as things were not complicated enough, we decided to do a full new brand. Exactly. So we were like, uh, uh, we had a lot of problems with our previous name, Dope Kicks. It was not a bad name, but uh, the word dope is sure. a complicated word. Um, yeah. It got, it got us a lot, into a lot of trouble with uh, Facebook, uh, with Google, Snapchat, TikTok. Everyone was like, oh, you guys selling drugs. And we're like, no, it's just a hemp shoe. Uh, oh, but you have dope here. And But we're like, no, but it's a hemp shoe. And it's basically, we eventually succeeded in reapplying and requesting reviews. But even banks, everyone was taking a... Uh, sure. I mean, Taking our case on this is like everyone was pulling us aside to to ask questions and it's just annoying. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, some people were like already not feeling very comfortable to have the word dope. Mm -hmm. brand. So you're like you start thinking twice a lot of these things. Also getting the domain dope kicks was getting it was getting pretty complicated. So we decided to just okay let's finish all this for once and change the name. Mm -hmm. So it's for 8,000 kicks. Uh, why 8,000? Because 8,000 BC, it's uh, when hemp first started being made in Taiwan. So we were like, let's honor the heritage yeah, really of, cool. our, uh, of our number one material and uh, let's call it after it. So 8,000 kicks from 8,000 BC. Amazing. So where are we at? Where are we at now? How does production sort of work now that you've kind of you have it back up and going right what's the sort of plan now going forward can people go on the site and buy buy sneakers now right because they're you, yeah. you have supply yeah so people are now the the way it works is people go to our website 
and they, they drop their orders and we, we ship them right away. Uh, but uh, the basic issue here is uh, we're struggling to keep up with the demand a little bit. Mm -hmm. At the same time, the reason we are not able to scale so fast is that it takes us a long time to process uh, the entire shoe, mm -hmm. uh, the hand, the shoe, uh, and bring it to, the, to, to our warehouse. So the entire process takes a long time. We just got a big restock. We already, we already working on the next one. Uh, it's like we have to work a long time in advance to get this thing sorted. Uh, we have to anticipate uh, the orders for like what's going to go, where they're going to go in the summer and stuff like that. So that's that's pretty much uh, the challenge. So the way it has been working is every time we 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 drop the new the new colors or new styles yeah. or styles. Or currently we only have one, but every time there's some something comes up, we just start working on uh, new ideas, new like uh, hemp products like. Earlier, before, I mean, we're already planning what we're going to launch later 2021 and we're already getting that hemp sourced. <laughs> That's how early we have to work. Do you, uh, think, that it's, do you think that it's always going to be like just sneakers or could you, because you, theoretically you can make shirts and hoodies, right? Like you could become a lifestyle brand that has multiple products, not just sneakers. Is that, is that something that you think about? Yeah, we do think a lot about it. The thing is, uh, we still have to make really good sneakers. We still have a lot of good sneakers to make. Yes, yes. And that's still, that should be still a priority for us instead of thinking about making everything right away. Yeah, for sure. No, I think it's, listen, man, I think that's a great, stay focused on being the best hemp sneaker yeah, exactly. in the world, right? I mean, that's, exactly. once you do that, then you can make, make anything and people will support it and trust it, right? Um, exactly. What are the other potential styles that, that you like that, you, that you'd want to make? Uh, I cannot reveal everything that I'm planning. <laughs> <laughs> of course. But, uh, but uh, we have some pretty cool stuff. I mean, uh, we have a pretty innovative team. They they come up with really in interesting concepts. Uh, and it's stuff that it's really a little bit uh, different from what is out there. But our, our goal here is we need to make something different, something mm -hmm. that follows our values but uh something that we would look at and say i would definitely use this every day when you think about like you know impact and, and sort of sustainability it, it seems to be at the heart of, of what you're trying to do right you take it seriously yeah. but you know with obviously manufacturing products and shipping products right like there's a lot of environmental toll that the production of of things just it, it it's just a byproduct of the production of any type of products when you, yep. I guess when you, when you started the company, did you, did you, did you think about that at all? Or do you, are you starting to think about more now that you could start thinking about these ways that the company can be, you know, sustainable and, and be very thoughtful about, about the, the production of its product from, from an environmental standpoint and either other standpoints too, right? I mean, you're creating jobs and, and hopefully as Portugal comes back, maybe create lo more local jobs. It's, I think it's one of the most important things that a company yep. can do no uh that, that's that's definitely a big thing for us uh also, number one because we all concern millennials number two because we're uh we're all vegan and vegetarian in the team except my grandmother <laughs> <laughs> but she eats a lot of veggies with us that's that's also important and then also very importantly it's like we take uh um we we we, we were like started this company with a goal of 
changing the way things are done and improving for the best, not for the worst. So if you wanted to get things worse, we would just uh, not do it at all. I mean, right. we want to. And the thing is, I'm I'm gonna be honest with you. When we started the company, we we did our best to to improve things and create a, a, a good impact, but we didn't have everything sorted. We didn't have all the certifications with the factories. Sure, it's we hard, have, man. It's yeah. hard to do. Yeah, it's super hard. And even today, we are working on that. Uh, the the reality is, it's impossible for you to start a company and in six months have everything figured out. We, it's really impossible. Uh, of course, absolutely. What we are doing is uh, every time we 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 we're trying to work with certification going to the factories, understand what's their consumption. We have, we even publish, we, we publish the salaries that uh, we pay our workers. I yeah, mean, I saw that. That was cool. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, exactly. I mean, we, we did a full, like, uh, we, we went, we dig down on the factories to understand what exactly are they doing, how much they're paying, how much mm-hmm. the renewable uh, sources are they using uh, in their factory. Uh, how much of the local power is sourced by renewable sources or fossil uh, sources? I mean that that is deep, man. <laughs> it took us a long yeah. time. To uh, <laughs> but that's nothing. I mean, people continue asking for, and we continue asking ourselves for more. But it's it's tough to get uh, the entire world to change uh, in six months or one year or five years, right? We. We, and we already choose the best manufacturers, but even the best manufacturers, they, they are subject to the local conditions, right? So to the, to the ecosystem where they work, I mean, we cannot tell uh, uh, our, fact, our suppliers uh, in Portugal uh, to use 100% uh, uh, renewable energies when the local government in, chi- in uh, China or Portugal or whatever doesn't have windmills or- Right, right. Or solar farms, right? <laughs> so it, it really is a, a, a continuous improvement process. I'll, I'll wrap it up and, and end on the future a little bit. And I know it's been a wild ride this this last year, but it seems like you really weathered the storms, storm, so to speak, and, and got through it, right? Such an important time in the company's history that, that you got through it, right? Like it, it's hard yeah. to fathom that there would be something like this that would occur again like because even if some sort of pandemic happens i think the world is kind of prepared for it and and things would be different as far as the world wouldn't stop right i think we're a little bit more prepared now um so getting through that you have to feel really good right when you look at the next you know three to five years what are you excited about you know what are some of the goals and successes that you, you want to try to try to get to that's a good question. I think for now, the main goal is to, to survive this entire pandemic. Uh, although the job is 90% done, it's not complete. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Until everyone is vaccinated, the restrictions are lifted. Yes. We still are on like surviving mode. And we don't want to die 100 meters from crossing the line. Right. Uh, no, it's crazy. <laughs> right. So we still being very carefully, uh, measuring our actions really carefully. But uh, assuming that... Uh, things are going to get much better in the next six months, which I definitely hope so. Uh, our goals is, is to continue doing uh, hemp products, uh, launching um, new quality uh, products that we can like surprise our customers. Mm-hmm. I cannot tell you exactly which ones, but we just launched sure. two days ago hemp socks, which is something completely new. Uh, they are the world's first ankle hemp socks. 
and we have a few firsts coming uh, nice. this year as well <laughs> and, uh, and uh, yeah man the sky's the limit make uh, him great again i guess make- <laughs> Awesome, man. Well, I appreciate you taking the time and uh, pleasure, really, I mean, really inspiring story, man. I think a lot of startups and companies can relate to your story. You know, the last last year of trying to just get and be in survival mode, right? I think it's it's such a, a thing that resonates with, with everybody right now. So appreciate you taking the time and best of luck uh, the rest of this year, of course, and, and to the next decade, man. Cheers. Cheers, man. Appreciate it, Glenn. And all the best for you as well.